being here. We are in a sermon series called Christmas Comforts, and we'll be finishing that today. But what I'd like us to uh, just admit for a moment is that this has been quite a year, right? Let's just take a deep breath and say, 2020, 2020. I mean, if you would have told me last Easter, and that was weird enough because I was on the roof over there preaching in a blizzard to, you know, rows of parked cars over an FM transmitter. If you would have told me, do you know what you're going to be doing on Christmas at 1 p.m.? The same thing, preaching, but it'll just be 30 degrees colder. I, I would have said, you're nuts. We won't be doing outdoor services and indoor services and lawn chair services. Eventually, things will get back to normal. And yet, this year has been unforgettable, and that has an impl- implication on Christmas, doesn't it? Because normally, Christmas has all these traditions that are very comforting and soothing to us for the most part, and have you noticed some of those are stripped away? For those who are able to gather in person, this is a real treat, and it is a comfort, but many of you have not been able to do that. And those watching online, just a word from the staff and the board here at Mercy Road. We love you. We don't judge you for uh, keeping your distance, for uh, thoughtful reasons, and we know that this is a confusing time, and we can't wait to give you a big hug when, when this does get back to some semblance of normal. The message tonight, my friends, is rather simple. It is God with us. It's the ultimate comfort. If you uh, would like to turn in your Bible, you can. Otherwise, it will be on the screen. It will be in Isaiah 7, 14, and then Matthew 1, 23. Two short little verses separated by about 700 years of history. Very similar. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel. So Isaiah is a prophet. He's raised up, and he is told to tell the people that God is sending a rescuer, a Messiah, and it will come through a mysterious channel. A woman who's a virgin will somehow miraculously conceive, and that son will be Emmanuel. And then, seven centuries plus later, a young man who traveled with Jesus, the man we are here honoring and celebrating and looking to, calling Savior... Matthew, describing his life, said this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Does that sound familiar? Matthew is connecting the dots. And he's saying, don't you see, God has been with us through all these long centuries of waiting and wondering and suffering. God is with us. He's with us in human history, and he's with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Tonight, just three very simple thoughts but, but they are profoundly helpful, I believe, for 2020, for this unique Christmas Eve. God is with us. God was with us. God will be with us. These are three claims. If you were to dissect this term, Emmanuel, God with us, they, it, it really brings up these three questions because they're not just claims, they're questions. So right off the bat, God is with us. Do you believe that God is with you personally? And before you answer, think about that. There are reasons to doubt that in the human experience. One thing I love about Christmas is there are a lot of people who are skeptics or atheists. 
uh, or hold other worldviews, religious worldviews, but, but you come in person or you watch online with a group of family members because you're courteous and you love your family members. If that's you, thank you for being here. And I want to make you feel welcome by engaging and validating the fact that you didn't come to your conclusions lightly, and, and nor did we. And so, so I want to really question that. Do you, do I believe that God is with us presently? I was on a wounded warrior fishing trip last weekend. We do a lot of military outreach here. I'm a former army chaplain, and so myself and two other members of the military outreach team went spearing. Who's ever speared a northern pike? Come on, Minnesotans. We got one. It's a violent, manly thing to do. And as a pastor, I kind of felt bad for him because you're in this big dark house and you're looking down at a four-by-four section of cut-out ice and it kind of is all backlit from the, the snow and the ice around the house and you're bobbing a, a minnow and your job is to protect that minnow and then this eerie northern kind of ghost in and you see the top of it and you take a 30-pound trident and you throw it at its back and you pull it up wriggling and you feel very prehistoric and... Um, that is when you don't miss. I've missed a few. Uh, but as I was talking to some of the wounded warriors we were serving about all sorts of things, sports, pandemic, politics, faith came up, it occurred to me as I was talking to some of them that for them, not all of them, but for some of them, and probably for some of us, some of you, you grew up with this sense that God is kind of like a spear fisherman kind of looming over from another world waiting for you to drift in, to go after the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing, to engage in the wrong behavior, and he's just ready to throw the trident at you and just get you. Anybody relate to, to that type of fear or sense? And it's not completely unfounded. If you read about God in the Old Testament, God is powerful and majestic, and he's holy, and he calls people to holiness. And, and it's like he's saying, I'm very aware that you are infected with a virus that's a lot more destructive than the coronavirus. It's called sin, and I don't take sin seriously because it leaves destruction wherever it goes, and it mars my creation, and so I won't stand for it. I won't wink at it, and so he shows up in force throughout the narrative story of God's people, and he's teaching them what sin is and what holiness is, and, and when he shows up, he, he shows up at one point in the form of a pillar of fire, I mean, if, if I could just turn into a huge pillar of fire right now, I'd probably be less pastoral to you, you know? And then he shows up in a whirlwind, a tornado. So God shows up in these powerful forms and speaks through a cloud of glory and people just freak out and they bend their knee and who are we dealing with? And there's something right about that in the sense that God is God and we are not. We had a beginning, we have an end. He doesn't have a beginning, won't have an end. He's a source of every good thing. So he shows up in force, but then we gather for Christmas Eve to remember that the very God who showed up in the hurricane, the volcano, the pillar of fire, showed up as a baby. Why would he do that? Though there is tempting logic to believe that God is not with us and not with you personally because he's just out to get sin and he's angry and He's just ready to throw spears. God's people from the beginning, those who really leaned in, really paid attention to the story, knew that what Isaiah foretold, Isaiah also confirmed. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I'll help you. 
I will uphold you. Look at, look at those words in yellow. I'm with you. Now, when a human being says to me, who I trust, Mike, I am with you. I'm your friend. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you. I'm in your corner. That means something to me, and it means something to you. But when a God who is the only God, the source of love itself, of truth and grace and justice and mercy, when that God looks at us and says those things, we have solid ground to believe that God is indeed with us. Secondly, God just isn't just with you in the present God was with us. God was with you. Do you believe that God was with you? Think back on your past, the winding road that led you here tonight, the different years, the challenges you went through, the pain. You know, one of the things as a pastor, uh, Chad and I and other ministers will notice if we work with people long enough, there are a lot of reasons why people conclude that God could not have been with me. The four D's come to mind. Have you heard of the four D's? Death, divorce, distance, disease. And isn't it the case that 2020 has kind of upticked the four D's? There's a lot more of them in 2020 than in 2019. And it's easy to look back on our life, especially those painful moments, and say, God, where were you? Why'd you let me go through that? That hurts so bad. When the marriage fell apart, when he or she was unfaithful, when I felt so misunderstood, and the divorce happened. If you love me, how did you let me go through that? Or, or when a loved one dies, and, and she died too young, and we wanted more time. Or you lost that child, or that grandparent. Or you faced death's door. It's easy to conclude, maybe God doesn't really fully get what it's like. And maybe he isn't here. And maybe he wasn't with me. Some of you are, are really lonely. You have this impending distance. I feel so bad for students right now because there's like a world apart. You're on your Zoom. You're trying to connect with, with kids. I feel bad for teachers. There's a distance between teachers and students. And, and, and yet, even when you are in person, there's going to be a strange distance to try to work that out again. And, and for some of us, some of our dearest loved ones will not see us because they're high risk and they, we don't want to get them sick and they don't want to get sick and so there's a distance. And maybe you have an estranged loved one or friend or former business partner and then there's the disease bit and not just the physical disease. Sin is a disease and all the dysfunction that comes with that. Yes, most of us will suffer to agree in our life where it wouldn't be unthinkable for us to conclude that no, God couldn't have been with me. But let me assure you, the good news about Jesus Christ is that God not only is with you, he was with you. Even though you didn't feel him, he walked with you every step of the painful way. He, t he, he cried tears every time you cried tears. It hurt him more than it hurt you and any good parent here knows what I'm talking about, I would so much rather go through intense physical pain myself than watch one of my three children go through that. The resounding theme of scripture is that God 
was with you even through that. For us as a church, I feel very humbled. God has clearly been with us in a very obvious way in 2020. We, we merged with Cross of Christ Church in Lakeville, kind of adopted them in, but really it's more of a merger. And two families have become one, and our church has thrived under that. And Pastor Chad has partnered with, with myself and Ari and Carrie, and our board has come together, and it's been a real healthy, wonderful thing. And it's not the type of stuff that typically you plan for a pandemic year. God was with us this year. God has been gracious to us financially, so we've given literally thousands upon thousands of dollars to, to people who are really, really hurting. And doesn't that feel good when many churches are just wondering how they're going to pay the bills? Let me add my thank you to, to Chad's. Thank you. God is with us. Think about this, church. The very name Mercy Road invites us to acknowledge the grace of God no matter how hard the journey has been. God has brought us here. God has brought us here tonight. Thirdly and lastly, God not only is with us and was with us, God will be with us. Do you believe that? Now, if you can believe the first two, it stands to reason you should believe the third, but this can be even harder than the first two to believe because who knows what 2021 is going to hold? I've talked to many of you. Some of you are just up at night you're like becoming professional warriors about the national debt and the political divide and the culture wars, the racial unrest, the different worldviews clashing together. What about this vaccine? And when will that get rolled out? And when will life go back to normal? And please get my children out of my house. They just never leave. <laughs> and when we live in uncertainty, the natural human response is to have anxiety. Do you want the cure for that anxiety tonight? If I had it, legitimately, wouldn't that be a better Christmas present than anything I could put under your, your tree? It's believing by faith, with educated but also childlike faith, that God will be with us, and more specifically, because you've accepted the loving, forgiving, life-changing grace of God, God will be with you personally in a very special way in 2021, whatever happens. Does that mean God's going to make everything perfect? No. He loves you too much to do that. Human beings don't grow when everything goes the way we plan it. Will he let you walk through some hard things for his glory and your good? Yes, because he's a loving father. Will he ever leave your side in 2021? No. No, he won't. Jesus concluded his ministry on earth with these words, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. In Greek, the New Testament's written in Greek, translated into English, the end of the age is a curious little phrase. People in Jesus' day, many of them thought that Jesus meant I'll come back and sort all this sinful, broken world mess out within your lifetime. And obviously that didn't happen. But the Greek there is ambiguous. It could mean a lot of things, depending on the context. And so some people every few centuries say, aha, I know when he's coming back. And the truth is, nobody knows. But the belief of the Christian church throughout the long march of the centuries is that he is with us now and he will come back in a special way. And he promises, I am sometimes with you. Wait a second. 
that's not what it says. I am always with you. As in always. Do you know what the Greek word for always means? Always. <laughs> I am with you always to the end of the age. We don't know what the end of the age means exactly, but we know it means at least this. To the end of whatever is keeping you up at night. To the end of whatever period of time in the future causes you to stress out. To the end of that. Insert your greatest fear about the future here. He's going to be with you because he loves you. I'll say it again. The very name Mercy Road invites us to acknowledge that the grace of God, to acknowledge the grace of God no matter how hard the journey has been, God with us, Emmanuel, brought us here. God with us will bring us home. At the end of John Wesley's life, John Wesley was a powerful preacher, loved Jesus so much, he had an incredible effect on people. He was very persuasive that God isn't throwing spears at you. God so loved you that he, he died willingly, voluntarily for you. John Wesley was so effective at this, at one point the denomination he started, the Methodist Church, was more prevalent. There were more congregations in this country of his denomination than there were post offices. So he, he was a pretty learned guy, pretty influential. And so you would want to lean into a, a leader like that if you got a glimpse to be a fly on the wall on his deathbed. What did he say? Surrounded by friends and family, what did he say? He said it quiet at first. His lungs were very weak. He said, the best of all is God with us. His loved ones leaned in, and he mustered all his energy and all his breath, and he reached his arms straight up as if he was looking at something, like he really saw something. It's all written in a journal, a historical journal. And he just said in a loud, courageous voice, the best of all is God with us. This is the ultimate comfort for Christmas Eve 2020, my friends. Just a housekeeping matter. This coming Sunday, just in a few days, we're going to have a non-conventional service where the staff will all stand up here and we'll just share some of the ways God has been faithful in our lives and in the lives of you, the congregation, as you've shared them with us. We'll also cast a little vision about some of the exciting things that we believe God is bringing our way in 2021. And because we take God seriously, but not ourselves too seriously, it's a good practice. We are doing an ugly sweater contest on Sunday. There will be a prize. Funny, ugly, crazy. You can make it yourself. Clip power tools on there. You can order it online. Maybe you'll get a deal after Christmas. I'm not sure about the shipping. Either way, bring your ugly sweater and uh, get excited about that. In January, I would invite all of you to join us for a new sermon series, one that I did at a previous church many, many years ago called Guardrails. It's a way to start the year out right, to live with the wisdom of the Proverbs Nobody intends to drive off a cliff. That's why we put guardrails there. What would it look like to put those in our lives in multiple areas? Could change your life and it could change 2020.